And we all understand how important mothers are, um, especially to each of our families, but also as a, um, as a society. I saw a video this, um, well, it's probably been a couple weeks ago, so Steve, if you'll go ahead and get that video uh, ready, that I they were so thankful for all of our moms, and um, all of it's true. So let's, um, let's just give all of our moms a standing ovation this morning. Can we do that? Everybody, just stand up. Let's express our thanksgiving to all of our moms who have done such a fantastic job. Just, if you would, remain standing for just one second. Moms are the greatest. Moms, we love you. And one day, uh, a year, and a few flowers, a dinner out, could never express how valuable you are to, to all of us. In fact, I'd like to just read, you've probably heard this before too, but I uh, thought that it would be good to read it this morning. It's not long, so just remain standing for just one second. It's by Irma Bombeck, When God Created Mothers. When the good Lord was creating mothers, he was into his sixth day of overtime when an angel appeared and said, you're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one. And the Lord said, have you read the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable, run on black coffee and leftovers. Have a lap that disappears when she stands, a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointed love, and six pairs of hands. The angel shook her head slowly and said, six pairs of hands? No way. It's not the hands that are causing me problems, said the Lord. It's the three pairs of eyes that mothers have to have. <laughs> and that's on the standard model, asked the angel. The Lord nodded. One pair sees through closed doors when she asks, what are you kids doing in there? when she already knows. Another here in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she has to know, and of course the ones here in front that can look at a child when he goofs up and says, I understand and I love you, without so much as uttering a word. Lord, said the angel, touching his sleeve gently, go to bed. Tomorrow I can't, said the Lord. I'm so close to creating something, so close to myself. And already I have one who heals herself when she is sick, can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger, and can get a nine-year-old to stand under a shower. <laughs> the angel circled the model of a mother very slowly. It's too soft, he sighed, she sighed, but she's tough, said the Lord excitedly. You cannot imagine what this mother can do or endure. Can it think? Not only can it think, but it can reason and compromise, said the Creator. Finally, the angel bent over and ran a finger across the cheek. There's a leak, she pronounced. I told you you were trying to push too much into this model. It's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. What's it for? It's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. You're a genius, said the angel. The Lord looked somber. I didn't put it there, he said. Well, let's, let's pray for our moms this morning, shall we? Just reach over and take the hand of that person standing next to you. Maybe it's your mom. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's somebody else's mom. But let's pray for all of our mothers that are here this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our moms. We know that, Lord, they are not perfect. But 
very often, Lord, they are the best example of the kind of unfailing love that you have for us. So today, Lord, we honor them. We honor all of them. We ask that, Lord, you'll help us to express our love and our appreciation in ways that are meaningful and in ways that are sincere. We pray, Lord, for those who are missing some measure of joy today because they're missing their mom or they're missing their children or maybe they have never known the tender mercies of a mother's love. Comfort them, Lord, with the grace that only you can give to them. And, and God, we pray that this morning you'd help each one of us to hear what you, want us, what you want us to hear, what you desire to say through your word. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Well, uh, because I know that you do have plans for Mother's Day, and uh, very likely you're going out to eat uh, somewhere. You've got plans for celebrating Mother's Day together, and uh, most of all because... Uh, moms are the least likely to need any of my advice this morning. I, uh, I intend to be uh, brief. And uh, how many knows what they say about good intentions, right? <laughs> no, I'm going to uh, try to be brief. But I do want to take a few minutes and consider uh, this morning. I know that you have made preparations um, to give your mom. You should have made preparations to give your mom something uh, today, whether it's flowers or a dinner out or some gift or something that you plan to do with her. Uh, but what I want to consider this morning for um, just a little bit is what a mother ought to give to her kids. And I know that already you're saying, what do you mean? A mother gives all the time to her kids. Her mother, a mother gives continually uh, to her kids. And today I know uh, today is a day for mothers to receive. Moms already give uh, so much, and today is one day for her kids, for her family, uh, to give her something. And I know that you're already prepared to do that, but I do, I do want to suggest a few things that um, uh, families, husbands, uh, dads, kids, that you ought to consider giving your mom before I move on and talk about the the one thing that moms ought to give to their kids. Um, a few things that families ought to, ought to give their mom. How about, first of all, obviously, love. Uh, dads and kids, uh, make sure that not just today, but that every day you show your mom love, sincere expressions of appreciation, uh, simple acts of kindness and affection. You know, that goes a long way for a mother just, just to hear those words, I love you, mom, and to see them demonstrated in, in tangible ways from her family is, is highly important. How about honor? So, so families, give your mom lots of love. Give her honor. Show her respect and uh, show her kindness. Uh, number, uh, number three, give her obedience. You know, I'm, I'm kind of old-fashioned in the sense that I believe God's Word is true, and it says that children ought to obey their parents. Can I get an amen, moms, this morning? So, so give your mom uh, obedience, not begrudging 
obedience, but learn to, in fact, the Bible says that that's the first promise, in, uh, God, that's the first commandment with a promise in God's word, that when we obey our parents so that our days might be, what, long, amen? So that, that command comes with a promise, so give, learn to give your mom obedience, give your mom uh, time, time for herself, time to spend on herself, you know, that Video is humorous because we know it's all, we all know that it's true that moms are on the job uh, 24-7, 365 days a, a year and very seldom do they get the kind of time, the kind of rest that they need for themselves. So consider giving her just time uh, for herself. How about this one? Moms, I expect a big amen on this. Dads, how about giving moms help? Lots of help. Amen. Help in... The domestic chores, wash the dishes, wash the clothes, help out around the house, cook dinner once in a while. Can I get an amen, ladies? <laughs> help her out. Help her raising the kids and disciplining the, the kids. Moms are amazing, and they're able to do so much more than uh, we even sometimes uh, think possible, but they do need help. They need us to come alongside of them and assist them. And then, especially on days like today, give, give your mom lots of blessing and give her lots of praise. The Bible says that that, uh, that Proverbs 31 woman, that her family rises up and calls her blessed. And moms need that kind of affirmation. They need that kind of praise. And they need it coming from their husbands. They need it coming from their, their families. Too often, all they hear are the complaints. Mom, you know, where's, where's my clothes? Where are my shorts? You know, Mom, where's my lunch? Mom, when is this? What is that? Moms need to hear words of affirmation and love and blessing. So those are the kind of things that we ought as families to give our moms. And, and these, things, these things will mean much more to your mom than any gift or card uh, that you can buy at the store. They're more important to her, more valuable to her, but uh, I will say, uh, buy her the card <laughs> and buy her the gift, even if it's just a tangible way of saying to her, Mom, you're important, and I love you, and I appreciate what you have done uh, for me and all that you continue to do. But, but I want moms this morning to consider what they can give to their families and what they can give to their kids, which is actually a very important question because here's the thing. Moms can get so busy giving so much that it's possible for them to fail to consider what they are actually giving to their family and whether or not they're giving the important things uh, to their family. Moms. Moms uh, can start, let me just say, by giving back to their families some of the same things I've suggested that kids and families uh, give to their moms, give, giving their kids love, and moms do, respect and, and honor, blessing and praise. Moms can give to their kids instruction and discipline as well as direction and encouragement in their lives. And moms do such a fantastic job with all of that. Moms never stop Caring, as Steve Turley alluded to earlier, moms never stop caring, do they? Um, Irene was sharing with me, I think I've shared with some of y'all, maybe not all of you, but uh, Pastor Hogan came and preached a couple Sunday nights ago, it might have been um, last Sunday night, 
Anyway, he came and preached, and uh, he had told me that he told me he's thinking of holding a um, tent revival in Newbury. You know, Brother Hogan. Brother Hogan's my pastor. He's kind of he's old school, and I love him. And he said, I want to hold a tent revival in Newbern. I said, well, you know, hey, that's, that's great. That's wonderful. He said, I want you to come preach one night. I said, well, okay. <laughs> I said, Brother Hogan, I'm not, kind of, I'm not really a tent kind of preacher. I said, but you know, I'll do anything I can uh, for you. And so he wants me to come preach one night under the tent in Newbern when he gets it together. I told my mom about that, and Irene told me later, she said, you know, your mom's really worried about that. I said, oh, she is. Said, yeah, she, she, she says, you know, Tim's not really, I don't know that he can preach under, you know, he's not a tent preacher. And <laughs> moms never stop caring. <laughs> moms never stop worrying about their kids, uh, do they? <laughs> uh, but so moms can give all of those things. They do those things so effectively well, but it's, but it's especially important for moms, I think, to know what not to give to their kids so that they know that they're giving the important things uh, to their kids. Um, because there is incredible pressure on moms, and I would say especially nowadays, it's always been the case, but I would say especially nowadays there's incredible pressure on moms to try to give their kids everything. To try to give their kids everything. And and moms are, susceptibly, uh, are especially susceptible to feelings of guilt if they, if they cannot give their kids something that they think their kids want or something that they would like to be able to give uh, to their kids. I mean, that's, that's just how moms are. Dads are not like that. I mean... If mom's eating a bowl of ice cream and the kids walk in the room and say, hey, I want some ice cream, mom's going to do what? She's going to get up and go get them a bowl of ice cream, right? Or if this is the last bowl of ice cream, she's going to do what? She's going to divide it out and make sure that they all have equal parts of the ice cream. Dad's going to do what? Go get your own ice cream. <laughs> if it's the last bit of ice cream in the house, we're going to say what? Ha ha, too bad, I got it. <laughs> so moms, moms are, are especially susceptible to that feeling, I want to give my kids everything. I want them to have everything that they want, everything that I did, I did not have. Well, can I tell you this morning, it's impossible to give your kid everything. It's impossible to give your kid everything. In fact, not only, and here's the point, not only is it futile to try to give your kid everything, but in fact, it may be unwise to try to give your kid everything because here's, here's uh, the rub. In your attempt to give your kid everything they want or everything that you think that they might need, you may end up doing more harm than good. And, and it's possible that you would end up neglecting to give them the one thing that is really important. To give to them. Now, to illustrate that, I'd like for us to look at a rather obscure passage of Scripture, a, a kind of an obscure story in Judges chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Judges chapter 17. Judges, this is not your typical uh, Mother's Day passage. Don't worry, I'm, I'm getting around to a more typical Mother's Day passage. This one, though, is not... Uh, 
Your typical Mother's Day passage. Judges chapter 17. There was a man of the hill country of Ephraim whose name was Micah. And he said to his mother, the 1,100 pieces of silver that were taken from you about which you uttered a curse and also spoke it in my ears, behold, the silver is with me. I took it. And how many knows that's um, an interesting relationship there? The son would steal uh, money from his own mother. Anyway, I took it, okay? Um, and his mother said, Blessed be my son by the Lord. And, and he restored the 1,100 pieces of silver to his mother. And his mother said, I dedicate the silver to the Lord from my hand for my son to make a carved image and a metal image. Now, therefore, I will restore it to you. So when he restored the money to his mother, his mother took 200 pieces of silver and gave it to the silversmith who made it into a carved image and a metal image and it was in the house of Micah. And the man Micah had a shrine, and he made an ephod and household gods and ordained one of his sons who became his priest. And in those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Now, that's a, that's a strange story to be sure, isn't it? It's a strange story, and there are a lot of angles that we could explore uh, that are presented by that story this morning. But the main point is this. The main point is that Micah's mother uh, used uh, the silver that he had stolen from her to make an idol for her son that eventually became a curse, not only on Micah, but it eventually became a curse for the entire nation. Of Israel. I'm, I'm not sure why this mother felt compelled to reward her son's bad behavior, but I suspect that it was related to an instinct that many moms have, and that is to compensate by doing more, trying to give something that they think is, might be lacking. Micah stole the silver, but the mother felt the guilt. Isn't that interesting? The, the son stole the silver, but the mother felt the guilt. Therefore, she thought that she could fix the problem by giving her, her son something that she thought he needed or that he obviously wanted. And although the, the whole episode uh, retains a religious facade, doesn't it? There's kind of this facade of religiosity concerning this, this whole episode how many knows that this has nothing to do with real repentance? It has nothing to do with true worship. It has nothing to do with sincere devotion. Uh, and in fact, if you go on to read the rest of the story, like Paul Harvey uh, used to say, then you'll discover that the, the image, the idol that is fashioned here becomes a stumbling block for an entire tribe of Israel. They take that image, they make it an idol unto themselves, and it, it becomes the source of one of the darkest chapters in, in Israel's history. It, it leads the entire nation down a path of darkness. It leads the entire tribe of Israel into idolatry. And here's the thing, I'm certain that this Jewish mother never intended, never intended to do such harm 
uh, through her good intentions, but her attempt to give her son something that she thought that he wanted, it backfired dramatically, and it led him into idolatry, and it led future generations into idolatry as well. And, and as I said, there are many lessons that we could extrapolate from this one story in Judges chapter 17, but the point I want to make to you this morning is that it's important to know what not to give to your kids. It's, in, it's important that moms want to give everything that they can. Moms want to give everything that they think their kids deserve. They want to give everything that they think that their kids uh, want. But listen, if, if we are not careful, that instinct can become counterproductive because sometimes our attempt to give everything that we think that they want and everything that we think that they want can actually become detrimental to them and it can become detrimental to the next generation. In our efforts to give our kids everything, sometimes we neglect giving them the most important uh, things. Now listen, uh, we need to be careful to give our kids not what they want, we need to give our kids what they really need. Amen? And the most important thing uh, that moms should give to their kids, and dads too, I'm not just singling out moms, but it's, it's Mother's Day. The most important thing for a mom to give her kids is faith in Jesus Christ. A real relationship with God. Now, if you'll flip over to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now, this is a scripture you've heard on Mother's Day. It's a more typical Mother's Day kind of uh, reference. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is writing to his protege, Timothy, pastor of, a, of the church. And he says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 5, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I'm sure, dwells in you as well. Now, contrast if you will, Micah, whose mother made an idol for him and in her attempt to give him something that she thought he wanted or that he needed or out of guilt or you know, whatever her motivation was, she ended up giving him something that eventually led him away and led him into idolatry and led the entire nation of Israel into a deep and a, a dark chapter. Contrast him with Timothy who's whose grandmother and mother gave to him the one thing that was needful, the one thing that was important. They passed along their faith to young, uh, to young Timothy. Micah was a false priest serving a lifeless idol. Timothy was a man of God, a faithful minister of the gospel, and the difference could not be more you see, Eunice and Lois learned to pass on the one thing that was important, and that was their faith in God. Let me, let me just speak a word of caution to you moms this morning, and dads, because this is especially applicable to moms and dads. Again, it's a word of caution. It's not a word of condemnation. But let me say this to you this morning, moms. Material, material gifts are 
poor substitutes for spiritual impartation. Uh, the material gifts, the things that you can give to your kids are poor substitutes for the spiritual impartation that God has entrusted you with. Pass on, rather than passing on stuff and things, make it your priority to pass on your faith to your kids. Can I get an amen? So, material gifts are poor substitute for spiritual impartation. Worldly pleasures cannot take the place of heavenly uh, priorities and no experience that we can provide for our children is as important as making sure that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In your headlong rush to make sure that your child has everything that you can possibly give them, every experience that they can possibly have, every opportunity that's possible to them. I'm not saying those things are necessarily bad, but in your headlong rush to do all of that, don't forget there's one thing that's important for you to pass down to your kids, and that's your faith in Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, Micah's mom made the mistake of passing on something to him that was essentially detrimental to his faith. She failed to establish the kind of spiritual priorities in his life that would sustain him and teach him true devotion and worship to God. Eunice and Lois, on the other hand, understood the priority of passing on a godly faith. To young, to young Timothy. Don't become so preoccupied with all of the things that you think that you ought to be doing, you should be doing, the things you should be giving to your kids, and not focus on the one thing that is really eternally important, and that is passing on a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. And it happens so subtly. Because the things that we want to give our kids, how many of those are good things? We want to provide those opportunities and do these things for them. But, but you see, pretty soon we fall victim to that thing of one more thing. Well, this is a good thing. I should give this to my kid. I should do this for my kid. And it is impossible to do everything. How many can say amen? It's impossible to give your kids everything. Make sure that you make it your priority to give them one thing. Give them a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, Paul points out in this passage the importance of three generations. Who was it? I think it was uh, Ronald Reagan said that we're only, what, one generation away from tyranny and slavery. Well, you know, the same is true in the church world, that we're, we're seldom less than two generations away from apostasy, right? Because one generation knows God, the second generation, they rely on the experience of the first generation, and then the third generation doesn't have a relationship with God at, at all. And you see that cycle repeating itself over and over in God's words. And so it's important for us to understand the importance of the three generations. And as I look out this morning, there are many individuals that are a part of that, that middle generation. You've got parents that prayed for you, that made sure that they passed on their experience to you, they made sure that, 
You had that one thing that was important. And then you have kids and the responsibility is on that middle generation to make sure that they take what they have received and that they pass it on to the next generation. Can I get an amen? amen. That, that generation is this generation. We've received and now it's our responsibility to pass it, pass it on. Amen. Timothy's grandmother passed on her experience to Timothy's mother and then Timothy's mother was faithful to make sure that she passed it on to Timothy as well. You see, it takes, it takes all three generations. You see, and in America, I believe that we are that generation that in America we're seeing upheaval in our land and I think, I think, and I'm not... Uh, politicking this morning, I think it's because we haven't taken all of the lessons from the previous generation and passed them on to the next generation. But that's not my point this morning. My point is the church. We in this generation have to make sure that what we received from our parents, that we pass it on to our children as well. We have to be willing to make that commitment that, you know, all of these all of the other stuff that we want to give, we can give to our kids. Those things are important and they have their place. But the most important thing is for us to pass on a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you this morning, if you would, if you would bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to ask Mike if you come to the piano this morning, Mike. And as Mike begins to play this morning, I'm going to ask you to just think about your, your mom this morning. All that she did for you. Many of, listen, many of you are here this morning because of your mom said, I want you to come be in church with me this morning. Thank God for moms. <laughs> You're here because of her influence in your in your life. Now I want you to consider all that she's done for you and then I want you to ask yourself, what am I doing to make sure that I am passing along that one thing that is most important, pass it along to the next generation. This may be the terminal generation. This may be the generation in which Jesus Christ comes back and he returns. I, I believe that it, that it is. As we look around, we see that. I'm thankful for my mom this morning. She had me in church, that she taught me the word of God, that she prayed for me, and that she, she taught me right from, from wrong. There's a lot of things that I didn't have growing up because my mom was for many years a single mom and so there was a lot of stuff that we didn't have but you know what I don't miss those things and I'm so thankful I'm so thankful that she passed along the one thing that was important and needful and I want my kids this is not listen it's not just it's not Irene's responsibility it's our responsibility I want my kids to receive from me what I've received from that previous generation as well so father I pray that you'd speak to every heart each individual this morning 
In particular, Lord, speak to those that may be here right now and Lord, they're not serving you. They're not dwelling, God, in faith and trust toward Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that right now you'd come reveal yourself to them and Lord, in your own way, convict them and show them their need to surrender their life to Jesus Christ. It may be that, Lord, they've wandered far away from the influence that their mother has had upon them. And so, God, I pray that you'd speak to them right now with every head bowed and every eye closed. If, if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, you know, my mom taught me to love Jesus. My mom taught me the Word of God. But I recognize that I'm not where I need to be with the Lord this morning. But the Holy Spirit's spoken to me, and today I want to make sure that I'm submitted myself to Him. Would you slip up your hand and say, would you pray with me this morning, Pastor, so that this morning I commit myself completely to Jesus Christ. Just slip up your hand and I'll pray with you. Yes, anybody else? Thank you. Thank you for being honest this morning. Anybody else? Thank you. Hallelujah. Father God, we come to you this morning. I'm thankful, Lord, for those that raised their hands just now. God, I believe that as I lead them in this prayer, your word says if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And if with our mouth, if we confess Jesus Christ is Lord, then we shall be saved. So God, come and do your work this morning. The hearts and lives of those, God, that will pray this prayer with me in Jesus' name. Now, if you raised your hand, the Lord's dealing with your heart, you pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I confess my sins to you. I repent of them and I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart, be my Savior, and Lord, take mastery over me the power that I need to become the son, the daughter of God, to live for you, to serve you faithfully from this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Holy Spirit, come and seal those commitments. Lord, seal those hearts, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. Now, I'm going to ask everyone across this Auditorium, would you please stand to your feet? The role that you play, whether you're a mom or whether you're a dad, whether you're an aunt or whether you're an uncle, whatever your influence is in the family that God has placed you in is critical, it's important. There's another generation that is depending on this generation to get it right. To make sure that what we've received, that we pass it on to the next generation as well. So I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, would you just slip out of your seat? And I want us to just, to the best extent possible, I want us to come forward to this altar. All of us, would you just come? If you can, come as a family and stand around this altar this morning and let's commit ourselves and commit our families to the Lord as we stand around this altar this morning. Lord, we're going to pray that, Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We're going to give ourselves to you. We're going to pray that, Lord, we'll pass on what we have received, that faithfully, God, we will teach our children and we'll pass on that one thing that is most important 
And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Just come in. You might have to crunch in just a little bit. That's okay this morning. God's raising up another generation I believe is going to do mighty things for the kingdom of God. It may be that this generation that's being raised up right now is going to be the generation which Jesus Christ is going to come. They need our strength. They need our support. They need our prayers. Let's do that right now. Father God, we commit ourselves, Lord, to be the family that you've called us to be, Lord. We thank you, God, for the opportunities that we have. We thank you for the blessings that you've given to us, Lord. But God, we pray that those things would not be a distraction to us, but that, God, we would make every effort to make sure that we pass on, Lord, the one thing that is important, the one thing that is needful, and that is a sincere faith in Jesus Christ. Help us, God, to see how critically important it is <laughs> that, Lord, we would take seriously our responsibility, Lord, to give our kids not what they want, but to give them what they truly need. God, we pray for revival. God, just like our parents experienced it, Lord, just like we experienced it, God, we're asking, do it again. Breathe on your church, God. Breathe on your people. Lord, send revival again, Lord, in these last days. And God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Now, hug somebody's neck, especially your mom. Tell her, happy Mother's Day. As you are dismissed, we do have a gift for all of our ladies this morning. Our ushers will be out there in the lobby this morning. Make sure you pick one of those up. God bless you, and happy Mother's Day.